Welcome back. In this week's episode, we discuss Elon Musk being accused of sexual misconduct, the Homeland Security's misinformation board getting axed after three weeks, and Black Lives Matter misusing donations to buy large mansions. I'm Luke. And I'm Rudy. And this is the Right Side of the Covers podcast. Brody, how's your weekend? Um, my weekend was very nice. Um, very chill, relaxing. Got to meet a lot of people. Um, it was very nice. Nice. Good to hear that. You? I, I'm good. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I, uh, I, I, that's, that's exactly what happened to me, too. Uh, so I hear you're in New York City right now. Uh, yeah. It's, um, it's actually... 80 to 90 degrees now so thank god it's finally you know it's it's fine the the global warming has finally came for the season (laughs) it's not global warming it's that there's so much asphalt that the that new york heats up from the asphalt yeah yeah um but no i'm very happy it's warmer now (laughs) you know as i like to say global warming is not coming soon enough I hear that, but that's because you live in 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 New Jersey. If you lived in a better place, it wouldn't be that cold. That's true. And and to be fair, you're now an old enough person that you can move to wherever you want. So it's entirely your fault that you live where you do. Mm. Hint, hint. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there is a better state in the union where you can go. Oh, really? What is that? Uh, Florida. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah, you could go I to did Florida. Not know that. Yeah, you could go to Florida. Oh, Florida's part of the union? What? For now. For now. For now. <laughs> For now. <laughs> <laughs> For now. Uh, anyways, so, dear listener, we want to continue bringing you great content. However, that requires your help. What we need you to do is hit the like button, share this video with your friends, and subscribe to the channel. In addition, hit that notification bell to be notified when we upload new episodes in addition you could find us at all of your favorite podcast platforms including spotify google apple etc so there's no excuse even if you don't want to use youtube we're there as well for you if you want to reach out to us you can reach out to us by dming us at the right side of the compass on instagram or by commenting on the youtube video We worked really hard on this episode, so we hope you enjoy. Anyways, so for topic one, I know we keep on talking about Elon Musk on the podcast, but that's because he's so relevant all of a sudden. And not that he wasn't relevant beforehand, but it's just he he wasn't as much in the immediate news as he is now. Yeah, so what did he do this time? It's what did he do last time. So what what happened was is that he's been on Twitter just tweeting – uh, doing his thing. And what happens? So he says, oh, I'm not going to be voting for a Democrat this time. I'm going to be voting for a Republican. He said that the Democrats were the party of the, the kindness party, and now they're just not that anymore, so he can't continue voting for the Democrats. He's going to be voting for Republican next time around in 2022, which is not that far away, actually. It's like six months? Well, it's fine. I actually never... I didn't know he was part of the Democratic Party. I didn't really. I assume I assumed he was. I thought maybe he could have been like independent or something or something like that. 
No, he, it was very. Remember, there was this was a long time ago in 2016 when when he was when he was on Trump's like advisory board, and then he left for a while. Yes. Yeah, he was probably much more liberal back then, but I think he became a lot more based recently. Yeah, um, which a lot, which we've been seeing a lot of recently. Exactly. So he says he's going to be voting Republican, and then and then he said, "Guys, you're going to be seeing a lot of stuff coming out." Don't believe any of it, right? And and what happens? Literally a day after he says there will be stuff coming out, someone says that a SpaceX employee was sexually harassed by Elon Musk. Yeah, I'm not surprised. You know, if I had a dollar every time a big executive or president or someone big got accused either right before or right after um, something big, um, I probably wouldn't be as rich as Elon Musk, but I would probably be doing very well for myself. <laughs> no, you, no, you would probably be very rich, like maybe rivaling Elon Musk. And unlike Elon, <laughs> and unlike Elon Musk, your wealth wouldn't be theoretical. You would actually have the money to back it up. Yeah, but I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not uh, denouncing that there are, you know, sexual harassments and stuff like that. It's not what I'm doing at all, and I'm sure there are um, with big execs. Um, I'm just not surprised that there is an accusation, whether it's true or not. Well, I want to tell you the truth. I don't actually believe these allegations. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you, but first let's go over the story and then I'll tell you why I don't believe them. So the, the story about the SpaceX employee was that allegedly she is a, a flight attendant on one of SpaceX's, I think maybe spaceships or airplanes. And I guess Elon Musk was in his cabin and he wanted a massage, so he so he asked for the 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 stewardess to come and massage him. I guess like on those big flights you have massage people, masseuses as they were as they were. And he kind of insinuated that he wanted, you know, sexual favors. He was gonna buy her a horse, this, that. And she said no, and then she couldn't continue getting you know, put up at the company, like she couldn't continue being elevated at the company and, you know, moving in rising upward, upward mobility. That's, that's what I was looking for upward mobility. And so she sued SpaceX and they settled for $250,000, which to be fair is a lot of money. And that does lead credence to the idea that it happened. But here, here's the, here's the problem with, what happened? Number one, uh, allegedly the whole incident happened in 2016 and then they settled in 2018. But if she really got sexually harassed by Elon Musk, why didn't she leave immediately? She could have just left the company. Presumably well, she, she wanted probably the money. Okay. So then she obviously didn't take it that seriously. Like, like, with all due respect to someone... Well, also, like, if it was already settled, then what is there to do? Like, why bring it up now? No, the idea is to bring it up, if if it happened and, and, and it got settled, the idea is to bring it up now because Elon Musk now wants to buy Twitter and he wants to do this, he wants it. Now they're, they're trying... Because the entire time, the, the establishment was on the defensive because Elon Musk is coming with all this money, he wants to buy Twitter, and then he stops buying Twitter because Twitter has this problem with bots and they could essentially be sued into the ground perhaps right now. And so they're trying to destroy Elon Musk. So what happens? 
they bring out this allegation of sexual assault. Now, this is not the first time this well, happened. Is this her bringing it up, or is this just the media and the, the news bringing it up? It's because I, I think that's like a big, that's like a big thing to differentiate. Like, because if it's her, then that she's bringing it up because she wants to either bring him down or wants something else. But if it's just the news, then it's like, well. Like what you said before is just them trying to bring it down. Well, the news is bringing it up, and allegedly there's a non-disclosure agreement involved when the, in this, which is awfully convenient because it, I think the media learned this that if you have a um, you have a sexual assault story like this, right, and there's a face attached to the sexual assault allegation, then essentially you have this person who then gets destroyed by the internet. And we're going to talk about a similar topic. Uh, in the next segment, but essentially if you, for example, with the, with the Kavanaugh case, you had this uh, Christine Blasey Ford and she was dragged on the coals by the internet because she was making allegations that just weren't true. So now you have this woman who, who's, who's, whose friend is saying to the media that she was sexually harassed by Elon Musk. How convenient is it that there's an NDA and now we can't even, look at this person right everyone has the right to face their accuser and and it's very interesting because now we, we she's being protected by this nda now obviously it could very well be that this happened and there is you know an nda but it's very convenient that you know just as he announces that he's switching to a republican all of a sudden this this allegation comes forth okay i don't know that's just me what do you think no, I, th- I think obviously there is a possibility that is, like you said, just a coincidence. And there's obviously we can't know really much about it because of this NDA. Um, it, it, these allegations with all these top officials always somewhat come out at like the perfect time. Because it's not coming out at the perfect time. It's that there are powerful people who are – Powerful people are jockeying for positions of power. And so the people in charge felt that Elon Musk, for whatever reason, did something that they thought was unacceptable to the point where they're willing to destroy him. Right. Because they always they have these things. Right. That's why rich people, rich people always have these kind of like demons in their closet and that people in that that are in these positions of power, they know about them. And so they come and they they use these demons when they think it's necessary to use them. And now they're being used against Elon Musk. Yeah, I mean, it's funny how, like, this is nothing new uh, in terms of, like, sexual allegations. Like, people will realize it's been going on for hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, I I read, uh, there was, like, I remember reading uh, something that, the news talked about uh or was it thomas jefferson was was it when thomas jefferson was running against john adams or something like that and they would like write articles like in the news accusing each other of like you know sexual you know harassment of of, like or sexual uh things that they've done trying to bring them down so i just find it very interesting how it's like Nothing has changed. <laughs> well, yeah, because the reality is is that people find sexual misconduct particularly repulsive, particularly with children, and rightly so, which is why the Democrats are are on the defense right now because the Republicans are 
accusing them, rightly so in my opinion, of being a bunch of kitty diddlers. And we see the the shoe on the other foot as well, that it that it can work the other way. It worked the other way in the Kavanaugh case. It worked the other way in Clarence Thomas. It works the other way with Donald Trump. It works the other way with lots of... But what I find really frustrating about these allegations, you know, if it's obviously... It's terrible if, if it actually does happen and they are able to prove it. But let's say they go to court and they're able to prove that this person actually didn't sexually harass um, this person. Their career is still over. <laughs> so I find it terrible that that kind of happens because these people's reputation is just destroyed whether they did do or not. Now, I don't. I don't think Elon Musk's reputation is going down because of this anytime soon. Well, that's the but. thing. Number one, they already settled, right? So there's nothing you can really do about it. What 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 are they going to do? Kick him off of Tesla? What they can't they can't do that because they settled already. It's over, right? You can't punish someone for something that's been settled already. And no, but you could. They could get rid of Elon because hey, we don't want a bad name to our company. Could they? But then could Elon Musk sue them? Maybe, but it's the thing. Is, the thing is about the CEO. It's 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 a you're voted by the you know by the board, you know by the by the seats, you know by the shareholders. So that's the people who get to choose the CEO. I mean, he can he'll still have he'll still have shares in the company, but if they realize there's a difference between having shares in the company and and having uh, the job. The CEO is a, an actual position. Not like just not you're not the CEO because you have the most shares in the company. It usually tends to be that the person with the most shares tends to be the CEO, but that's not always the case. Um, no, that's not what I'm asking. I'm saying that couldn't if Elon Musk were to get fired from any of his many companies, could he theoretically sue for wrongful termination? Um, namely, he, if. It, no, namely, if the if the reason he's fired is because of some allegation that came out, and then the allegations turn out not to be true, could he theoretically sue for wrongful termination? And that's a serious question. Um, possibly. Um, but even if it's not true, the fact that it even happened can damage the company. So if I'm a, if I'm a shareholder, why would I want someone as the CEO that, you know, is damaging the company? So it's not, so I, I agree with that line of logic as well. However, it does need to be said that the idea that if someone just comes out and says, Oh, he sexually harassed me or he shot someone or this or that, and there's no obligation by the company to verify if it's true that to me smacks that's that's that that's very bad for society if you're right if, but it's also like it's it's complicated because he's not an employee you know you can't just fire an employee you know for for any reason um and that's when you know an employee can sue the company but like this is a ceo which is kind of a different territory um Right, but I, I still feel, and per, maybe perhaps this is a very legal gray area and it needs to be kind of hammered out because it, we do live in an era now where people can just say whatever they want. And, and, and yes, I don't think that CEOs should be like, 
we need to protect them from all harm. But I don't think it is very fair that anyone can just kind of say anything about a famous person and then their career is ruined, i.e. with, you know, Johnny Depp, Amber Heard. There should be that literally happened. That literally happened with, uh, what's his name? I forget his name, but the guy from CNN, like, you know, oh, he was having a relationship with another person. And just because of that, you know, nothing, you know, that he resigned from his position. Which person was this? Um, Can you look this up? Yeah. It was Jeff Zucker, who was the... He was the top dog in, in the CNN, and he resigned because of that. And that wasn't even, like, sexual, like, harassment. That was just having, you know, uh, being an in a relationship with another – not affair, just another a relationship with another uh, co-worker in the office. And they believe that she was able to move up the ranks because of that. But Right, but I, but I think – again, but that is within the company, right? That is within the company, which is to say that the company said that this is wrong and Jeff Zucker did something which was wrong and the company fired him. I'm not – He didn't They didn't fire him. He resigned. He resigned. But then, but then that's on him, honestly. I mean, yeah, him. but it could be like forcefully resigned kind of thing. Okay, so – but I, again, I'm not saying that it was correct in Jeff Zucker. I, I think, again – Again, with Jeff Zucker, I'm not so concerned about Jeff Zucker because Jeff Zucker was in charge of the worst media company of all time, I think. <laughs> and also, I'm much more willing to hold the left to their own standards than I am willing to apply their standards to us. Uh-huh. Which, which is not the same as being a hypocrite. I'm saying that for us, I'm, I'm much more willing to say, hey, listen, you know, if there was a settlement, then there was a settlement, then that's it, right? I don't want people in general being fired for things that people say on the internet. Yeah, You're right. I, I believe that too. Yeah, I just I don't I don't want that. So yeah, I don't I don't think this happened. I think it's very 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 convenient that uh, that uh, that this happened, and uh, we we'll, we'll see we'll see. Anyways, so let's go on to the next topic. Remember when they started the disinformation board at the Homeland Security? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was big news. It was big news like three weeks ago. It happened so long ago. And they're finally bringing an end to the program after many, many long days of making fun of them and Ministry of Truthing them. They so, have to shut down the program. Do you want to explain exactly kind of what happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to explain, of course. So around one month ago, on April 27th, the Department of Homeland Security announced there would be a disinformation. What was the, what was it, what was the exact name of the, what was it of the council? I forget. I, I'm blanking out on it. I, I know what it is. I just I'm gonna I'm gonna be. Aha! It's the Disinformation Governance Board, and the stated goal was to coordinate countering misinformation related to homeland security. What what is what does it mean homeland security? Who the hell knows what homeland security is? Regardless, it was supposed to be headed by Anina Jankowitz, who spent her entire life policing misinformation, quote unquote. Which really means, you know, she has a, a whole repertoire of being a left wing stooge and all that stuff. Anyways, so what happens? So they announced this 
Disinformation Governance Board, and the internet did what the internet does, and they attacked Jankowitz, they digged up her old social media, uh, looked at her previous work, and they also mocked the idea of a disinformation governance board in general with the idea of George Orwell's 1984. Specifically, there's a, 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 a thing in the book called the Ministry of Truth, which is where the government polices what's true and what's not true. And so uh, the, the DHS, the DHS, they decided to put a halt to the program because they saw that the people were not happy with this. And this is a, a quote from, or not a quote, this is what the DHS spokesman said. There was a DHS spokesman who said that there was a lack of an effective response from the internet, despite the fact that for three weeks, the Biden administration was putting out information about what the disinformation governance board actually was and what it wasn't. And, like, obviously, there are going to be other people that are going to talk about the disinformation governance board in terms of, like, how bad it is and this and that. And it's not, again, of course, that's already been spoken about. I, I don't want to talk about that. I want to kind of talk about something new. To me, it's very interesting that he said that because, to me, that means that the people in charge fundamentally don't get the internet. They fundamentally don't understand what it is. They think that the internet is just like this giant blob that creates things that are wrong. It's just not true. I mean, there are things on the internet that are not true, but that's not all it is, right? The internet is an amalgamation of the collective, like, murmurings of the people, right? It can be good, it can be bad, but it is the people in a very real way that bureaucrats in D.C. simply are not. You're right. It's a collection of information, but, and that's where people are getting their information. So the problem is, it's like, well, what if you're, you know, getting the wrong information? I just saw a TikTok video, which was super interesting. This guy was like, he's like, he's like, I give up in terms of like the internet and everything. Cause like, no, you can type in anything and it'll prove that you're right. And he just talks about, like, does coffee, uh, you know, does coffee, um, make you blind or something can it can cause blindness and he looks it up and it's like oh like coffee you know has this and this chemical that can like cause you know some like blindness and then he's like oh well uh can coffee help your eyesight become like better or can it cure blindness and then it like told him the right thing also it's like oh you know coffee can you know help your eyesight because of this and this is like well which one is it <laughs> right but it, to me it was more of it was more of he, he what he was saying here is that the, the Internet didn't do enough to defend the disinformation board. But what he doesn't understand is that his his regime, the Biden administration, is not an organic grassroots regime. Now, we could talk about the election and how it wasn't fair and this, that. But regardless, the people who voted for the Biden administration were people who largely didn't care, who were told by the television and or the people they trusted that Trump was a bad guy. There was no grassroots support for Joe Biden. People don't go and sit there and, and yeah, Joe Biden, he's so awesome. Even the people that voted for Joe Biden don't like Joe Biden because he's not radical enough. That's the thing. Well, he, because it was a, it was an election to get rid of Trump, not an election, you know, for the president. Agreed. I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm saying that, 
that's why the internet didn't come to Joe Biden's defense on this one, because the internet will never come to Joe Biden's defense, because Joe Biden is fundamentally not an internet person. He is not going to be defended by the people who spend all day on the internet about politics, because people on the internet who deal with politics or even just mean people, they're not excited by Joe Biden. They're not excited by what he's doing. That's why the internet, that's why you could say what you want about truth social, right? But that's why Trump was able to start a whole social media platform and have people come to the social media platform, even though I think it's being rolled out pretty poorly, right? Because people care about what Trump has to say. People care what Bernie Sanders has to say. People care what Jack Posobiec has to say. People care who, by the way, came up with the Ministry of Truth meme. Or he didn't come up with it, but he was the one that spearheaded it. There are many, many political figures out there who are much more charismatic and much more exciting and tantalizing to the public and have captured the public's imagination. Joe Biden really is not that. And that is why you see this. That's why you saw this grassroots kind of swell, swelling of the Ministry of Truth and the taking down of Nina Jankowitz and oh, the other lady who, who doxed the libs of TikTok. Why, why do you think that happened? Well, because the internet knows and the internet cares and has a certain way of doing things. And Joe Biden is not on their side and they're not on Joe Biden's side. And uh, that, that to me was another proof that Joe Biden, like that, that's why I don't believe that Joe Biden got 81 million votes. Cause who was like, you can't Trump filled stadiums with people who wanted to hear him. Joe Biden couldn't eat. Joe Biden was in Poland. He couldn't get like the people were giving out free tickets to see the president of the United States in Poland. Right. No one cared. No one cared. Yeah. So. Correct. No one cares about him. Um, but so essentially um, going back to what we were saying, everyone was like, we don't like that. Uh we don't like that, you know, this uh, department is creating this, uh, you know, misinformation board. And thing is, like, does it have to be, like, voted in or something or no? No, I think what happened is, is that they, I think the Department of Homeland Security, they operate pretty independently. But I think what happened was, is that they didn't want the disinformation governance board to be at odds with the internet because that would be a very bad thing for the disinformation governance board. But that's the thing. It's like, well, if they create, it's kind of a, I wouldn't say catch 22, but it's, if they create this board, then they could get rid of all that chitter chatter about how they shouldn't uh, be making this board. Well, they're, well, that's the thing. They said they don't actually have the power to do that. I think they would be more like, you know, they have those independent fact checkers on Facebook and Twitter that say, yeah, that the thing. so that's probably what they would be. They would just be a government organization that's doing it. Uh, yeah. But then it's like, well, who's fact checking the fact checkers? <laughs> well, that's that's why people were, were not taking this seriously, because already the fact checkers, they weren't taking that seriously, because who 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 was ever like whoever said like, well, Politico said that what you said is not true. So that must be not true because Politico said it. No, no one, no one talks like that. No one. No one goes, oh, you know, um, you know, uh, 
the fact checkers on Facebook, they said that there's COVID misinformation. You're dealing in COVID misinformation. Okay. Okay, who cares? No, no one cares. Anyone who's on the internet for more than five minutes knows that those fact checkers are very, very biased in a very, very, like, obvious way. Yeah. Um... So imagine the government wasting government resources trying to make this look good. So I think what might happen is that it's not over. I think what the DHS is going to try to do is they're going to try to maybe make this what the governance board was supposed to do. And they were going to try to stick it covertly at another department and have it kind of run under the auspices of something else. And perhaps also not talk about it too much. That would, if I was in charge, that's what I would do. If I was interested in doing this, of course, because I think this is a terrible idea. But if let's say I was in charge and I had to run such an, such a board, that's how I would do it. All right. Yes. Um, we'll see. Anyway, so let's talk about Black Lives Matter and how they stole lots of people's money. So would you like to talk about the story, Rody? So I'm kind of just curious why we're talking about it now, because this is not new news. This is, I mean, it's it was pretty well known that she was buying. I mean, I guess, I guess to give some background on it, uh, the BLM over the last few years have been, you know, really big. They've been getting a lot of donors. It's a nonprofit organization. And then it came out that the, the head or should we call her CEO? Um, uh, the head of the organization, I suppose. Yeah. What's her name again? It was, it was a fine. Uh, was her name Patrice colors? Yes. Some, yeah. Um, and she was buying, you know, all this real estate and, you know, multi-million dollar houses and, you know, using that money for personal uses. And, you know, that's a big red flag because if I'm giving money to a non-profit organization, I want that money to be going towards the cause that I'm giving it for. And so, you know, that's a really big red flag. I mean, look, most of the money that you do donate actually goes to the operations of the nonprofit anyway, but even so, like, it should not be going towards uh, your personal uh, uses. I mean, that's certainly what... not on that level. Certainly not in 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 that sort of way. Like, yeah. Like, I understand. Listen, I, I'm willing to say that. I think this is a fair thing to say. I don't think that just because you work in nonprofit needs means you need to live in a box on the street. I think if you work a nonprofit and you get high enough, you should be allowed to buy a house. Okay? I think, however, you don't need to earn more than basic six figures. And by basic, I mean like under $20,000. I mean, most CEOs of their company, I mean, I don't know, this is probably, it's probably private, but most, most of them do have a salary. I mean, yes, they have ownership of the of the company, but they mostly have a salary and they, you know, they use that salary for, you know, everyday needs. But taking out, you know, way more than than you should is, yeah, it's, it's a red flag. <laughs> I mean, it's even even if it is allowed, like legally, it still looks bad because, like I said before, if you're giving towards a cause, you want to see your money going towards that cause and not to your eight your eighth house which is like millions of dollars 
Well, the, well, just to answer the question that you asked, the reason why we're talking about this again is because the IRS, there were new IRS tax documents that leaked last week. That's why we're talking about this. So we're confirming. Was it leaked or was it? Uh, or or it seems revealed to the public. It seems well. The daily this is the Daily Beast, so I don't know. But newly revealed IRS tax documents show the social justice nonprofits leaders used because I think because they're a nonprofit, they have to. I think perhaps, but the the reason we're talking about it is because there's new information coming out about their IRS tax documents. That's why we're talking about it. Uh huh. So. So now there's like proof that this is ha- that this happened, kind of. Yeah. So, but what does this change, though? That's what I'm wondering. So again, it's more just like why it's just kind of dishonest. I don't know. First of all, I don't. What what would Black Lives Matter be doing with the money? In like in general, even if they weren't using their money to buy lots of houses, what would they be using the money to do? So I mean, I could maybe. Th- think of a few things i don't know uh police reform or uh, like you're saying lobbying lobbying or maybe probably either lobbying or you know helping out with uh with rundown you know towns or areas or cities uh, schooling, I don't know, maybe give money towards um, schooling in certain districts. Um, I don't know. That's just some stuff I'm thinking on the top of my head. <laughs> well, with the $42 million in net assets, right, this is uh, – th- this is this is what it says on this article I'm reading. According to the group's 4990, first reported by Associated Press – BLM is worth nearly 42 million in net assets after spending more than 37 million of the 90 million it previously had on high-end real estate, familiar consul- familiar consultants, ambitious grants and more. One of the more concerning situations revealed by the financial disclosures is the fact that co-founder Patrice Cullors was the foundation board's sole voting director and held no boarding meetings before stepping down last year. Under her leadership, Cullors authorized a six-figure payout. Oh, she stepped down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Under her leadership, Colors authorized a six-figure payout to be given to her child's father for various services, paid $1.8 million to companies owned by her relatives, and ensured that her brother, Paul Colors, was one of the highest paid employees of BLM. So they kind of dealt with it already then. Right. So we're going to see what happens. But this is this is in the continuing of the art, continuation of the article. This is yet another wave of bad news for Colors, who has constantly denied financial impropriety as she had previously tried to quell any growing concerns around her decision-making. These tax documents not only prove that Colors lied about misusing some of the funds, such as hosting a birthday party for her son and throwing a private Biden inauguration celebration in the multi-million dollar property intended for activists and creators, but that she did so repeatedly. So this is, this is damning evidence. There are people who donated money to this company and hoping for change. Yeah, and now hopefully they'll sue if, you know, if they have any backbone they'll sue. Right? Yeah, and also it just showed what kind of organization it truly was. Right. So, it, it, this is why I I don't like 
this type of activism. Because the reality is, is that these people are grifters. BLM, it's not even like BLM is some real organization that you could disagree with. These people are fake. But also at the same time, what people don't realize, even if, and just talking about nonprofit in general, yeah, like they're trying to do good deeds. But in the end of the day, it's a business. You know, like any other else, anything else, it's, it's in the end of the day, it's a business and you're trying to make money from it. Yeah, but here's the thing. It would be one thing if, you know, if she paid herself a million dollar salary and then used the rest of the money to continue funding the organization. But I think a lot of people are going to say that this is a bit much. Like, you of course, I'm not denying that. Um, like, it's not even like it's because at least like paying the employees is, is like a is a is a legitimate business concern, right? That's a legitimate. So if she paid herself one million dollars and then with that one million dollars, she decided she was going to go buy a mansion. OK, you know what? Maybe that's a bit dishonest. Maybe you shouldn't be raking in seven figures from that type of work. But listen, I, you know, that's what people want, right? And it's not dishonest. If she discloses that she makes a million dollars a year, that's fine. She had $90 million. She could have she could have paid herself a million dollars. She had $89 million with which to, I don't know, uh, do campaigns, lobby, pay employees, pay rent, do this, do that. Like, she was using that money to buy mansions and and do her personal stuff with the money she wasn't even paying herself. Yeah, the funds. Yeah, the funds, exactly. So Yeah, that's 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 the big problem is the funds. You're using the funds and not your own money. Yeah, exactly. So So she's likely going to be sued for lots of money. She's likely I think she's probably going to be put in jail for this. I don't know. We'll wait and see. Right. But the important thing to remember after all this, the real takeaway from all this, is that black people can commit white-collar crimes, too. That is true. Yep. Don't. That is true. Let it be said that America is an equal opportunity country where both white people and black people can embezzle lots of money and rip off lots of Where we can people. both be trash. <laughs> Exactly. In America, it doesn't matter what your skin color is. You're still a piece of shit. Anyways. <laughs> and with that said. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's our show. Thank you for joining us. Make sure to follow us on YouTube, Instagram, Rumble, and all of your other favorite podcast platforms that you want to listen to. Uh, make sure if you want, want to leave a comment, make sure to slide into our DMs or comment on any videos that we put out. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye.